A dragon without its rider is a tragedy. A rider without their dragon is dead. First order of business. We will be talking about spoilers from the book Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. If you have not read to the last sentence on the last page, please skedaddle. I really don't want to spoil it for you and ruin your fun of reading, so please excuse yourself now so you don't spoil it. Seriously, there's the door. Nothing in the fourth wing world is off limits. We will be going over social media posts, interviews from the author, the book, audiobook, anything. Don't listen to the podcast if you want accurate predictions and ideas because we have some unhinged theories and sometimes just go off of vibes. If there is a citation or source for something we discuss, we will note it in the show notes for you. Also, a content warning. The book has some spicy scenes in it and uses R-rated language and so might this episode. So this is your sign to hop out if that is not for you. You're listening to The Podcast Quadrant. I'm Abby. And I'm Nate. And this is episode three, covering chapter two of Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. (laughs) You're so excited. I am excited because we're doing this on the third episode and it's also book release for Iron Flame. It's Iron Flame Eve. Oh, we just made up a holiday. Yes, so instead of a release party, we're doing this. We're doing a podcast instead. We're (laughs) going to break out the popcorn after the podcast. We're going (laughs) to have some candy after the podcast, but nonetheless. Yeah, all of the release parties at Barnes & Noble were really far from us. There's one like kind of far in Orlando and kind of far in Tampa and then like Jacksonville. (laughs) Right. But it's not, we're not Iron Flame book release party yet. So I'll just wait for my Amazon pre order like a chump. Um, it says it'll be here by 8 p.m. tomorrow. I'm gonna have to. I guess so. Call out work the next day. I know, everyone's talking about calling out tomorrow. I'm like, no, I'm gonna call out Wednesday. Mm hmm. We were supposed to have a training anyways, and then it got canceled. Oh. So I had no appointment scheduled, no nothing. So I was like, hmm, sounds like I should be at home anyways. Right, exactly. Anyways, any any um, any other news, thoughts, feelings? No. Comments, criticisms. <laughs> just the the new theories just keep pouring in, just pouring, pouring in. in. Book talk does not sleep. It doesn't. Um, Crime, Batman, and <laughs> book theories. And New York. And New York. Okay. Does not sleep. So, let's get to chapter two because like, there's just yes. gonna be so much more to. Chapter two is a shorty. She is a shorty. She is a shorty. Um, are you ready for the summary? Let's do it. All right. The chapter starts as Rhiannon starts to cross the parapet. The weather is getting worse and gusts of wind are blowing and rain is coming down harder. Violet is grappling with the first death of the book and her shock at meeting Zayden. Violet gives her name for the role and for the first time she starts to get a feel for the power her last name has at the writer's quadrant. 
The writer recording her name asks if she is the Sorengale. Rhiannon is about halfway across the parapet and Violet takes her first steps onto the parapet. As she does, a huge gust of wind hits her and she almost falls. Behind her, Jack Barlow heckles her about her inability to cross the parapet and even threatens to kill her. Why are you laughing? Because I saw the little mini comment you have about <laughs> Jack, but we won't say that on national airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after every time I wrote Jack, I was like, F you, Jack. F you, Jack. Can I resume? Please. Okay. While Violet is making her way across the parapet, she starts to recite facts from history books she is memorized as part of her training for the scribe quadrant. It seems to calm her down as it distracts her from the steep drop to the ground and her fear about crossing the parapet. Through this, we start to learn about the geography of the continent and some history of Navarre. The weather seems to get progressively worse and more intense, and at one point, she falls to her knee and has to stand back up and finish crossing with an injured knee. She sees ahead of her that Rhiannon has made it safely across the parapet and is happy for her. Violet is almost across when she looks behind her and sees Jack. A few Jack. A few Jack. <laughs> easily walking along the parapet, and he turns around and stops. He waits for the candidate behind him to catch up to him, and then he pushes the, quote, scrawny candidate off of the parapet. Sorry, the iPad locked. Oh, no. <laughs> um, pushes him off of the parapet. Then Jack... F you, Jack. ...yells that he is coming for Violet next. Under even more pressure now, Violet hurries the rest of the way and just makes it to the other side, followed closely by Jack. F you, Jack. Thank you. He lunges for her and slips a little on the wet stones, but Violet is quicker and has already grabbed a dagger from her ribs and holds it at the crotch of Jack's pants. F you, Jack. While they are fighting, Violet is already technically across the parapet and now officially a candidate, a cadet, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Jack. F you, Jack. Is still on the parapet and still a cadet. No, candidate. Correct. I'm sorry, in my summary, I got those confused. Mm Mm-hmm. Jack is still a candidate. He is still a candidate. Very important. Yes. The rider checking Violet into the role on that side of the parapet, who seems unbothered by their fighting, tells Violet that she can kill him and... And it's not against the rules because (laughs) Jack, F you Jack, is not a cadet Cadet yet. Thank you. I don't know why the iPad locks every one second. You're good. He still says he's going to kill Violet. And the other writer says that he will have to do it another time. Because right now, they're technically in a formation and a superior writer is present. So it's against the codex to kill another writer in those conditions. Basically, he is free range. But as soon as he crosses one more foot, he is a cadet and safe. Violet, being way too nice, lowers her dagger and lets Jack officially cross the parapet and become a cadet. And then he threatens to kill her again. And that's it. That's it. That's uh, that's all it is. Uh, You just get threatened to kill her again. All she wrote. All she wrote. wrote. Goodness. So, shorty. Shorty of a chapter. But still, like, definitely no lack of drama and stress. Like, yeah. when she was crossing the parapet, God, we have that saying where we're like, God, I'm stressed. stressed. <laughs> and you say it in a stressful voice yeah. and everything. So, like, much like 
different vibe with between chapter one and chapter two. Chapter one mm-hmm. is like your world building and your but you're like the mis- the mystery and you're yeah. getting like okay what's going on I'm not sure. Chapter two you're like action stressed stressed this is, out action and this is like a great like first two chapters of like literally like how the rest of the book goes so like you're either like what the heck is going on? I'm so unsure of like who's good and who's bad or you're mm-hmm. stressed. Yeah, true. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah. So lots of lots of interesting things here for sure. Yes. Um, what did you want to get into first? Because there is, there is some like hidden gems in this. Yes, even though it's short, there is stuff there. Mm-hmm. And I first want to talk about Lilith Signet. Okay, yep. So at the beginning of the chapter, it's already started to rain. It's already mm-hmm. storming. As soon as Violet steps on the parapet, it says the weather gets worse and worse throughout the chapter. Mm-hmm. And right when she steps out, again, a howl of wind gusts around her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lightning strike and a thunder crack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they say rain is slamming into her. Dark clouds above the parapet are also mentioned. Um, raindrops are even like running all the ink on the names on the roll. Mm-hmm. So it's a storm. Um, now, this is suspicious because knowing what we know about her mother, Signet, oh, yeah, it's storm wielding. Hmm, how convenient. How convenient. It raises a lot of questions and makes all my Lilith theories so complicated. Mm-hmm. So, like, is she controlling the weather? Is she controlling it as Violet crosses the parapet? Mm-hmm. If so, why is she making it stormy? Is she doing that on purpose to make it more vi- difficult for Violet to pass? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, is she, what, how, why? And what if she can control it, why, why is she not making it easier for Violet to pass? There's the other thing that I had thought about when rereading Chapter 2. Like the this one about crossing the parapet is like the most obvious like wow like weather's really against Violet like in the in such a dangerous like task. However, yeah. I'm generally asking, I don't have an answer to this yet. This could be to you and to our readers. Is there another time during the book where a storm or weather is like so like impactful or at least mm-hmm. semi impactful that it's making whatever Violet's doing a lot harder and or dangerous? I don't um... think so. But it's the, worth noting or look or expanding. Yeah, the only other weather I can think of is when she first starts feeling Taryn's like horniness. <laughs> right? And she can't <laughs> yeah. sleep. She puts on her cloak, goes outside, mm-hmm. sees Zayden. They have that whole scene mm-hmm. and it's raining men. Mm-hmm. But not like, I think that's minor. I think that's just because like my memory. The only reason I ask is because there, there are, there is that theory that Lilith, you know, puts the storm so intense, like herself, like used her signet power to make the parapet even harder and borderline, like fatal, almost fatal for Violet. Like is she trying to kill her? She's trying to kill her. So then, are there any other like Easter Mm -hmm. eggs in the book where it's like, hmm, odd weather today we're having today? Yeah, you know, sort of deal where it's like. Because I didn't catch it. And like I'm anything else to support that theory. Right. Maybe. And I'm still mm-hmm. like very early in my reread, so I haven't gotten that, like, to that point yet. So I don't know. But for our listeners right. out Interesting. there, I wonder if 
anybody has. I need to keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for that for me. Um, I have two other thoughts about okay. it that I don't, I haven't seen talked about. Okay. Um, so we know that signet powers are connected to emotions. Mm-hmm. And like that's first how Violet's powers come out before she can control them. So knowing what we know, how they're connected, I was also thinking maybe it's Lilith's power or getting out of control because of her emotions. Maybe her emotions about Violet joining the writer's quadrant, maybe something else unrelated is going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. But then I also think she's a really powerful seasoned writer. So I would... should be able to control it. Right, so who should be able to control it unless like... Okay, and I mean, I might be, I might be wild here. Um, That's what we're here for. <laughs> but what if, like, okay, so I was thinking, if emotions are out of hand and she cannot control it, it's not just her sitting in her office being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so worried about my daughter." Mm-hmm. Right? What if she's like being like hurt or tortured or manipulated or something mm. to cause her emotions to get out of hand, and something else is going on? It just so happens to coincide with parapet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just trying to think, okay, go with my argument of she's a strong writer. She can control it. Well, when would your emotions be out of control in a kind of like fantasy battle like situation or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know how her signet actually works too. Like can she control all weather? Right. If it's storming, can she control this the intensity of the storm? Can she control different elements of a storm, like a blizzard or like ex- Right, because she makes it like windy, windy and, and, rainy and cold and rainy. in the office. Right. That's all we know. And then on the parapet it's windy and it's raining. Rainy and there's thunder and lightning. Which is interesting because our lovely Violet has lightning, lightning. power. Is yeah. there some sort of like she, family connection there that we should point well, out? I mean, they're both weather, but I don't think I think of lightning in the same way as weather as I do wind and rain. Lightning's okay. more like electricity and mm-hmm. fire and power, mm-hmm. like okay. electric power. It did say, and I thought it was cute, <laughs> that she um, normally likes thunder like the last time it was thundering and lightning she was like curled up and it makes her like cozy like reading mm-hmm. so even though obviously the thunder and lightning vibe. those are great vibes yeah the thunder <laughs> and lightning in her past isn't thunder and lightning she caused mm-hmm. but she's just like attached to it and yeah. has like a connection oh it's comforting you know some people are scared of lightning mm-hmm. but she's not Obviously. Right. And then that becomes her power later on. So regardless of what it is with Lilith, I found it very suspicious. It is. That that happened. There's there's also like theories out there that is like polar opposite of what you're saying. That she uses <laughs> the storm uh-huh. to magically somehow actually help um, Violet across the parapet. Help where her. had she had fallen wind would have caught her and she would not have died sort of deal because there is also the theory that zayden on the parapet had shadows underneath the bridge and would have caught her because it's it's well known that zayden like who what he knows and who he knows and all that sort of thing yeah so he's not gonna let her die so is it safe to say that maybe lilith also also would not have let her die too Maybe. which you know I'm, I'm still thinking about that 
about the theory about if there are any other significant like weather mm-hmm. things that happen in the book and yeah. I, i'm like 99 sure there are no yeah. so that would suggest that once lilith knew she was across the parapet she like she like knew that violet was okay but that was like the major like yeah one to like look out for hmm. i don't well, know i don't it think is, that's one we're gonna know probably not and it is a big question mark Lilith yes. overall is a question Lilith mark. Lilith is a big question mark. Okay. When she is crossing and mm-hmm. she's reciting all of these fun facts, so much I was like, facts. thank you, Rebecca Yars, for just spilling all this knowledge. Clever. It was so, so clever. clever. For the character, her you know character development, okay, she's nerdy, she's clever, mm-hmm. Um figures it out and also like what a unique way and a very clever way for the author to like start telling you about stuff besides just like a boring chapter explaining what a map looks like Mm -hmm. and this brings me to another one of our themes Mm -hmm. can i use your phone sure for the app because your ipad is locking in like one second (laughs) unless there's a setting for that (laughs) well it didn't yesterday i don't know anywho Thank you. Brings me to my other theme of brain versus brawn. Do you know what that means? I do know what that means. Oh, okay. It's just the way you're looking at me. I was like, hmm. I didn't even look at you. (laughs) Okay. So we learn a really sweet memory Mm -hmm. of Violet and her dad studying to be a scribe. She says her dad helped her stay calm by letting the logical side of her brain take over. He said, your mind already knows the answer, so just calm down and let it remember. In this section, Violet calls herself a scholar, not a cadet or a writer, which I thought was very Mm -hmm. interesting that she claimed that. Mm -hmm. We know that she is struggling to leave her scribe training and feeling not like a writer, so it was really, like, sweet to see she still has that connection to her dad and that part of her. And the parapet's like literally crossing from one to the other. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of getting the melding of both of those of her old self and her new writer self. <laughs> Isn't that just chef kiss? Chef kiss. Okay. Absolutely it is. So Violet says that the logical side of her brain would have her turn around and not cross the parapet because obviously, logically, this is dangerous. Very. And she knows that she needs to do this, so she actually uses her knowledge to get through it. Mm-hmm. She's relying almost more on her brain than her physical strength to help her get across. Reciting the historical facts helps her focus so much she doesn't need to use her physical strength as much to get across because her focus takes over. Like, her just balance takes over. Knowing what we know about... Um, emotion and signet powers being tied together again. Mm-hmm. I think the difference here between the brain, scribe, logical, factual side, and the brawn, muscular, writer, emotional, strength side mm-hmm. is more apparent than ever. And it's a really cool like use of opposites mm-hmm. that you see Violet from here struggle with throughout the entire book. For sure. And I just, I don't hear people talking about that. I think it's because you're you're getting at such a great like um, 
idea and topic like it's so in depth because like that's like the nature of the book like you're saying it is there's so much there's so much contrast like within the book yeah. there's so much so like, many opposites differences and, and opposites and it's really just fascinating of how you can point at almost every single like subject or, or topic that resides within this book and of just how much contrast there is and not just within the plot line but within the characters yeah and everything like there's even contrast with violet with like her hair if we're gonna get really nitty-gritty with literally like, with like her you know with with those differences and even her eyes like her eyes have two different colors because they're like is it's like it's like in they're the text two different colors they're, it, it's described in the book as that it looks like the eyes can't decide between like hazel and green or something Oh, like that. okay. I thought you meant like one was green and one was green. No, 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 no. no. Like, okay. in, like both eyes. Yeah. Are, so, and then that, and then like signet powers are like in contrast with like relationships of characters and it's just mm-hmm. like, wow. That's the whole, like all these little themes are under the bigger theme mm-hmm. of like opposites. Mm-hmm. And then that brings us to strength versus weakness. Mm-hmm. And a really important quote they talk about a lot is first seen here. There's a reason strength is revered among writers. A squad, a section, a wing is only as effective as its weakest link. And if that link breaks, it puts everyone in danger. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people, writers, take to mean kill the weakest link Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's saving the integrity of the squad the integrity of the wing Mm -hmm. so that is kind of like what jack starts to use to be like i'm gonna kill her yeah because she's the weak one and i gotta take her out and then we see that throughout the whole the whole book the whole book f you jack yeah (laughs) we jack is really just the only the only character, not maybe, not maybe the only character, but just with so much dialogue that he has and how much of an effect he has on Violet and part of the story plot, like, it, he does serve a purpose of, you know, when she does get the signet power eventually, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm glad that happened He's to Jack. there at, like, every important moment. Right, but at the same time, if Jack wasn't there, every single part of the story would still happen. Just it's like it's just yeah. it's just odd of how, like how this specific character just has so much dialogue has has so much like vengeance mm-hmm. and hate towards yeah. Violet. He's it's just pure it's not even just like oh you're the weakest link like we just need to get rid of you like no he's like acting yeah. like in like like just pure hatred and yeah. pure like like you would think that he's a, a separatist kid but I don't think he is. Oh, that's rude. No, no, just like with no, the idea of like because all this separate- oh hate Violet hate Violet yeah, yeah yeah that's what I mean and and but he's not so I'm just no. like it, I think that's... we need a true like evil person to mm-hmm. have the contrast of like good and evil you know because okay. like so you're saying Jack you don't like him but Mm -hmm. his character really serves a huge purpose yeah absolutely and he's there in all of the important moments for Violet and I think we need to hate him so much that we're not torn about when he dies Mm -hmm. because Violet kills him yeah like if he was kind of like a iffy character like eh kind of good kind of you know eh we would feel some type of way about Violet killing him but we don't. We're on. We're like, yeah, girl, get him. Mm-hmm. Because of how purely evil he is. For sure. And she needs, Violet's character needs to have 
that moment of, okay, she's kind of crossed this imaginary line now, mm-hmm. which goes with, she's the hero. So it goes with like the hero's journey, like trope from Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up because I just don't know all the things. But in part of um, the hero's journey, they usually are like crossing some type of line I don't know not line but crossing some barrier or hold up they have like mentally Mm. that symbolizes their journey does that make sense do you know what I'm talking about they've crossed over into like from one part so generally the hero the in the hero's journey they are like the chosen one Mm -hmm. typically right Mm -hmm. think like Odysseus yeah Right, you're chosen to do this quest. Mm-hmm. They're put on a quest. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do the quest. The all heroes are mm-hmm. like, no, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. Right? right, but then there's like a turning point mm-hmm. that they get knowledge. They get a mentor. They right. Think of Hercules. Hercules. Okay. Right. Was it Phil? Phil. Right. They meet Phil. Philoctetes. Mm-hmm. And. Find like, okay, I get it. You're telling me the philosophy and like my mission and now I understand. Mm -hmm. And then there's some like precursor to them like, okay, yeah, I'll go to battle. Okay, now I'll do these things. And I think her killing Jack is that that crossing the threshold. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Crossing a threshold from one part into the other. Okay. And then that also kind of leads into she's now leaving Bezgaeth. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't that happen? Remind me. Kind of. That so happens right before she ends up leaving. Pretty much. For. <laughs> where does she go? <laughs> oh, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, I just can't think the names. You know, like where she goes where and she all the bad. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 That happens right after Jack dies. Pretty much. Yeah. I remember like she was very, very like upset that even though she it was she wasn't upset that Jack had died but she was upset that she actually like took a life and took Oh yeah, life. she was like, torn up about it. She was. But since but I'm saying timeline wise. Timeline wise main after events. That, mm-hmm, that Jack, was the next she kills thing. Jack next thing is next leaving Vasgaya. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of the hero's journey mm-hmm. is they start in what they know, mm-hmm. the scribe quadrant. Right. They cross, so she kind of has a couple thresholds she crosses, and one is like symbolically the parapet, crossing from one side to the other, from the known into the unknown. Mm-hmm. Then they go on the adventure, right? And then they return, mm-hmm. and you can see like the structure of that within the book and the books. I bet, mm-hmm. yeah. So within um, Fourth Wing, the known, even Basgaith Writer's Quadrant. It's her known world. Right. Right? Are you following this? I'm, I feel like I you're am. giving me like the stare that I'm like an alien. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I gotcha. <laughs> okay. And then in the known, she, it literally says refusal of the call. Right? The adventure calls. Mm-hmm. They refuse it. Mm-hmm. They get a mentor. Something major happens. They cross the threshold. Mm-hmm. And then they start to get tested they get enemies and people on their side and allies and loyalties things like that Mm -hmm. and then they have some type of internal struggle Mm -hmm. 
then there's always an internal there's always an internal struggle right she's like so torn up about killing jack and that might be the internal struggle for this one but i think over the whole five book series we're gonna see the entire hero's arc because she is the hero on this hero's journey some of them a lot of them end up with like a corruption Mm. Right, the power corrupted them, or they made a major mistake, mm-hmm. or because they feel so guilty about the people they killed in war, they do something bad, mm-hmm. big bad. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, there's like a redemption or coming home and reckoning with what they did. And so I'm just like, we can just use like the hero's arc to predict general Any, terms, anything, anything, yeah. anything, and everything. That's true. But, I mean, we obviously, this is just book one. And we don't get the full arc. No. Because it's book one. Because it's book one. But I think her and Jack, or killing Jack, is her crossing that. The Rubicon. She's crossed the the Rubicon. Rubicon. Nice. She's crossed the Rubicon. That was nice. That was a good one. (laughs) Thank you. That was a good one. Okay. Anything else about Jack? No. F you, Jack. Okay. Let's see. We talked about Lilith Signet, Brain versus Brawn. Cover that. And the Mm -hmm. Strength. Um, And then Strength versus Weakness. Mm -hmm. And then I just had to mention, because they mentioned that dang pen in this, too. This pen. This dang magical pen. And every time. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just saying, I still haven't noticed the pen. I don't know how you have picked up on the pen, but I have not. This day, because the first time <laughs> I was like intrigued, I was like, oh, how is it magical? Because I'm thinking Harry Potter quill and ink or like self-inking quills, you know, or the pen that Rita Skeeter uses that like reads her mind and writes it down. Right. Is it like that? And then, of course, other famous quills and pens in Harry Potter where it used the evil one. It just, I don't know. I just, it's a thing that's in my brain that I think about too much. And why mention it? It's mentioned at least three times. I think more in the whole book. I'm only on like chapter eight rereading it, but it's already mentioned three times by chapter eight. Because mm-hmm. the older kids in like Battle Brief are using these magical pens. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I wish I could do that. And then later on, when other people start channeling magic and they can switch from the dumb quills to these magical pens, Violet is like, I wish I could channel magic. And not just to use the fancy pens, but to like, you know, channel magic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> do I need to get you a pen? Like, who got hurt you? Who hurt you? Like, it's a, it's a magical pen. <laughs> Anyways, if there, there could be nothing. It could just be like Yaros having her little fun. Be like, mm, let me put this in there and like throw him off the trail. <laughs> it's a red herring. But I, I don't know. I just have to mention it every time. So I'm going to mention it every time. Every episode. And if nothing happens of it, it'll just be my thing. Okay. 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 All right. I need all my listeners to start sending Abby just random pens and you can just write on them that they're that they're magical pens and she'll be very happy okay we get more excerpts from the codex Mm -hmm. specifically about killing other writers because jack is trying to kill violet f you jack thank you Mm -hmm. do you want to read for me the quote we get from the codex yes because i actually love these because this is the beginning of like every chapter where there's like a section from the codex or there's a Something offenders. Oh, with the accent from the audiobook the lady. Audiobook. Like, if, she's like... If y'all have read the audiobook, 
we got to talk. We do have to talk. Should I, let me just air it out. Sorry, before you get into that. Go for so, it. So, is it just me or in the first, like, quarter, at least, of the book, she's got the worst head cold imaginable to man. Like, she's got a stuffed up nose. She's got the phlegm in her throat. She's got a scratchy, scratchy nose. I'm just like, did we really mean this deadline done that badly? Like, could we have not have given her, like, a week to recover? Like, poor thing. The first you know? three chapters, because I'm yeah. now in my reread. Yeah. So, in the first three chapters, I thought, is it someone else? Reading? No, it sounds like a different person. It sounds like a different person. Yeah. Like, it, like, just enough for you to yeah. be like, is that the same person? Yeah, it was like and the, it is. the and mouth then like, noises. And then all of a sudden, chapter four, she sounds like normal. And then, and then... Uh-huh. Her Terran voice. Oh, yeah. It could like, be Like, no disrespect to this lady. She does a phenomenal job with the majority of, like, everything it's else. It's just, she's just Terran, not Terran. That's not her just, gift. No. Um, and I, I guess it is very hard to, like, if you're a dragon, what are you supposed to sound like? Right. Who knows what dragons It's not literally that. made up. Not that. <laughs> and then I understand this one because it's, like, an emotional, emotional part of the book. But when Liam's dying... The mouth noises. Spoiler alert. Oh, my word. The mouth noises. <laughs> mouth noises. I, and I am, like, sensitive to noises. <laughs> you know, I don't like ASMR. It sets my teeth on edge. So, I, that means I don't like it. If it sets your, if something's ASMR. You don't know what ASMR is? I'm going to sound like a complete idiot over to these It's like those airwaves, people yeah. that do the like sound effects, the whispery, oh. clicky sound effects. I never knew that. And See, some, my wife makes me smarter. I can't believe you don't know. It's like I'm, all over the internet. I, I believe it. And I just didn't know it was called that. And it's supposed to be like certain people really, really like it. And it's like relaxing. Like how some people like white noise and some people like ocean sounds. Yeah. Some people really like get off to asmr but like in a calm way like they say like it's like tingly like it feels good it's relaxing what would be an example of asmr (laughs) like if you're brushing your hair and you have a really sensitive mic and you put it up to the brush and you hear all the like crackling noises or people put like literally crinkle paper right in a mic with Mm -hmm. no like crackle (laughs) or pop guard Mm -hmm. Thing, and it just makes all these noise. Okay, we'll Google it. Okay. But I yeah, I don't like that. Okay. You know, I can't stand to hear you chewing. No, you can't. So even some of my sighs like are too much. Are too much. For what? <laughs> There's to no literally reason. quote you, sometimes you just have to sigh. <laughs> I do say that. But like your sighs are so loud and for what? I'm practicing my dad noises. You are. <laughs> Um, for whenever we have children. Yeah. Right now we have just have fur the children. Fur babies. I can I can listen to them eat. Their mouth noises are fine. It's something about people. So Oh when, no, like when our dogs are eating, you're like, Aww. It's so cute. It's so cute. When I'm just chewing I'm like, like I'm tired of your face. <laughs> so so rude. I was struggling through <laughs> the first quarter of the book when she had that head cold. Head cold. And then all the mouth noises when Liam is upset. And then to bring it back to what you were saying, when she quotes Major Ephendra's Guide to the Rider's Quadrant, 
She says it with some she cockamamie accent. Threw in an accent. Offendras. Yeah, she really. Offendra. She really hit that dra. <laughs> she really rolled her r on that one, and yeah. it just every time I'm just like, ooh, ooh okay. Ugh. Exactly. So, anywho, this is the codex. The codex. I have to get my codex voice. You ready for this? <clears throat> <clears throat> it is unlawful for a rider to cause another harm. While in a quadrant, formation, or in the supervisory, presence of a superior-ranking cadet. <laughs> that was such a weird sentence. I don't think what, this is right. What is, no, this is not correct. <laughs> what did you do? Please go get me the fourth wing book. Oh, my gosh. What is this? This is, I recite from the codex, my heart beat. What is this? I don't know. Give me the mic. <laughs> Just pause. That was a mess. I don't know what happened. And we're back. Um, I don't know what happened there. Somehow the copy and paste wasn't copy and pasting. My wife effed up. (laughs) That's not fun. Anyways, we found it directly from the source. Directly from the source. Give us the page. Here we go. It is on page 27 in chapter 2. About like midway. Midway, like halfway down the page. Here we go. Quote, it is unlawful for a rider to cause another harm while in a quadrant formation or in the supervisory presence of a superior ranking cadet. No, in the supervisory presence. No, supervisory, period. So it is like that. Yeah. So I had it correct. It just sounded so weird. I think it's your codex voice. I recite from the codex. My heart still beating in my throat as it will diminish the efficiency. Ah, as it will diminish the efficacy of the wing. And given the crowd behind us, I think it's clear to argue that it's a formation. Article 3, section. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry that this was confusing. We're basically trying to say the codex says you can only kill someone unless. You can kill someone unless. Unless. You're in a formation. Or there's a supervisor present, like someone outranking you present. Or if you're sleeping. Or if you're sleeping. They don't bring that up in this part. Which is odd. Well, because it's not relevant to this part. I guess not. In this part, all you need to know is that Jack cannot kill mm-hmm. Violet without getting in deep doo-doo for it. Mm-hmm. Because there's a supervisory presence, right? Someone above them. Yep. And they're in a formation because there's like so many of them there. However, Violet could kill Jack. Because he's technically not beholden to these rules yet because he's still a candidate. And Violet, in this case, is a cadet. So she has the full... She has, so she could have killed him, scotch-free. She has, a, she has every right, would not go to prison, would not, go, would not get burned. Right, and she doesn't. And, she and doesn't. that's important. It is important. Shows her character, literally. Powerful bad person, powerful good person. Yes. There we go. So I apologize. That was a mess. For that. It was a mess. All right. Then this is the part that's at the beginning. There we go. Of the chapter. Where we get the Much the easier accent. to find. Where we get the godforsaken accent on Major <laughs> Ephendra, um, who has the guide to the writer's quadrant. Correct? I think so. Okay. Let me- do you want me to find that for you, too? No, it's fine. I found it. Major Offender's Guide to the Writer's Quadrant, unauthorized edition. Yep. 
There's a misconception that it's kill or be killed in the writer's quadrant. Writers as a whole aren't out to assassinate other cadets. Unless there's a shortage of dragons that year or a cadet is a liability to the wing. Hmm. Hmm. Gee. Let's go plot that. Easter egg. That little line. Because both are happening. So it's like we're going to kill each other to get the weaklings out, but also so that we don't have to fight for spots with dragons. High demand and low supply. And that's on economics. Mm hmm. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Okay. It's specifically at the beginning of this chapter because that's the reasoning Jack uses. To want to kill Violet. Right. Because he thinks she's small mm-hmm. and won't be able to cross the parapet. Um, he thinks it falls under her being a liability to the wing. And then he says that he pities the wing she gets assigned to. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's like the strength versus weakness theme. Yes. So with Violet reciting these things they said with violet word vomiting all this information as she crosses the parapet it's not just you know her coping skill it's a literary device to have us learn more information Mm -hmm. we're not really going to dive into the places she mentions because we don't physically go there yet Mm -mm. in the book and it's kind of like let's move on we have bigger fish to fry but i just wanted to mention that like yes i get it she those are important places we're just not there yet. If we'll you, go into them when we need to. If you're also, but if you're a visual person like I am, like I have to like see it, which is why I like already books I have a struggle with because I have to create everything on my own. It's a lot of work. But if you're a visual person, the world building is so critical. And this was very, very yeah. smart and clever for Helpful. her to do because even if it was fast paced like that, I could easily like put places into things i could easily put like she talks about like this place is to the north this place is to the south these cliffs are oh, too really? yeah she talks about all like very it very all just went in one year not the other i was like we're not physically there yet i will flip to the map when i need it right otherwise i was like me 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 blah 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 <laughs> blah blah blah, blah me, me, me. yeah that's all it was <laughs> gotcha but for me this was helpful because okay. it helps me visualize well, everything so if you are like me for you thank you it made me want to keep reading okay love that and then lastly, I had that she mentions Zanal, the god of luck, and sends a prayer to him. Mm-hmm. And at the, the inscription at the beginning, mm-hmm. says um, about Malik mm-hmm. in, re- in regards to like souls being commended in death. So we can assume they have at least two gods. Mm-hmm. And we don't know much about their religious system or beliefs yet, but the fact that you have more than one god, like, tells us they're going to have a polytheistic religious system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, one of my favorite like things she really like used every detail was when Rian says "Oh gods" instead of "Oh god." Plural. Yeah. So just. Usually meaning more than two. Yeah, more than two. (laughs) So we'll get to, I think there's a couple more they mention, but I just, part of the world building was mentioning that they have polytheism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The end. end. (laughs) That that was the, I don't know, wasn't super like important, I don't think, but just part of the world building. Part of the world building. And then it, it might like suggest that, because you have their god of death that maybe there are other different gods that 
maybe they in their like religious system they play a bigger role just of like how they act as a society so it could be something yeah. worth noting yeah but that's why i noted it i know i'm just reiterating it <laughs> we're fighting we're really not you're just looking <laughs> at pick fights and for no reason and in this chapter i just summarized the death roll just unnamed gangly boy on the parapet doesn't Jack like literally pick him up by his yeah. backpack and throws him off? Yeah, pretty much. Like if so. you didn't hate him before when he was just, you know, talking at the so, mouth. Talking at the mouth. Now you just like, oh no, I wish like suffering upon Jack. Yeah, you really. <laughs> I just, don't wish that against. If you many didn't people. like him before. You really don't like him. Exactly. Um. So yeah, that's all that died in this one. Just what were, What were your like thoughts being such a Violet fan, basically, you are Violet 2.0 <laughs> in the real world of what we call Earth here. And <laughs> what we call it. So, how did you feel being Violet esque and she is holding a dagger to Jack's area? <laughs> well, when did you feel like, oh, that's badass? Or it yeah, was like, okay. I was like, that's badass. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, how did she do that? <laughs> were, you, were you trying to like visualize that? Yeah, make, make it I, make sense in your head? Yeah. I can't, I'm not good at visualizing that kind of stuff in my head, like the action scenes. Mm. And it's all books. It's not just this one. It's not like, you know, oh, it's a bad writing or something. I just can't visualize that well. I more get like, okay, who won? Mm. Who got hurt? Like, give me the facts. Mm -hmm. Because I can't put that out in my brain. Mm -hmm. Like, so I also, so in that respect, I couldn't visualize it. Okay. Only just like the beginning and ending of it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that seems like pretty advanced for training for only six months. Mm-hmm. You know? She talks about like how, you know, fast and quick she is. She was surprised that she had gotten through like the agility test. And yeah. that but that was like also one of her strengths. I think that's a little interesting too. Or yeah. how something quick and something elusive and striking mm-hmm. is also her signet power. Oh, that's cute. It, cor- it correlates. Correlate. Instead of contrast, yeah. it correlates with her yeah. like, physical ability. Like, yeah, you may be weak and frail, but if yeah. you're on and if you're quick, then and if yeah. you strike true. True, like lightning. Exactly like okay. lightning. Can I give you an unhinged theory? I love unhinged theories. Okay. Because for all purposes, she should not have made it across the parapet. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Whether... Small, weak, dumb, all bum of this. Knee. A bum, a bum knee. knee. The shoe. <laughs> Half a shoe. Her hair flying around. I thought it wasn't a crown. I thought. Oh, true. Okay, okay, okay. Still. Fan art did it incorrect because a lot of fan art has. Well, they her had hair the down. like tendrils in her face. Anyways, right. I forgot. So, and just like they keep saying, she's not going to make. She's not going to make. It's not going to work. And she does. With six months of training, it's like luck. The dang miracle, right? Okay. And she she seems to be more like good in combat, hand to hand, you know, fighting Jack than you would think for someone with just six months. Yeah, she's quick. That's like an innate ability. But like fighting and knowing what to do with daggers, you have to learn that. The quickness helps you, but the others you have to learn. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, did she go through this training and forget that she did it? 
was she trained and then someone's signet power of memory taking away took it away somehow i need you to describe this theory better because i have no idea i have so, you're, you're not making sense to me Sorry. so <laughs> someone's signet power uh-huh. imogen's right is taking away a memory okay memory wiping okay something in that realm okay right i think so and then someone's signet power we don't know but i'm just saying i'm assuming someone's could be to like wipe your memory right mm-hmm. so i'm saying violet's body muscle memory remembers more training mm. than her mind is remembering okay Do you see what i'm saying for so what, I'm, for like what purpose though? I don't know. That's okay. why it's unhinged. Unhinged. Okay. I got because you. I'm thinking she trained. Mm-hmm. She had knowledge. I'm training harder because of the rebellion. I'm training harder because of something going on. Mind and wipe memories. You're right. That's Imogen? Mm-hmm. Okay. Without taking away the knowledge. The knowledge. Fascinating. Okay. Which is literally what I just said. Literally what you just said. So she okay. has the knowledge of how to fight. Mm-hmm. She has this muscle memory, the knowledge, but she doesn't have the memory of learning this. So you think it's it's plausible that Violet has actually been training yeah. for this much, much longer much than longer. six months, but she doesn't know about because, it. Uh, because Imogen or someone with that same type of signet power wiped it. Why would they wipe it? I don't. I'm not saying I have all the answers, okay? You're giving me questions and you're not giving me answers. No, don't ask questions you don't know the answers to, okay? It's a popular thing we say in our household. Don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. I don't know, but it just seems like you're too good, you know? Like, you are you sure you've only been training for six months? Are you sure? So also remember, though, like, I think... The way that I envisioned this this scene with Jack, once he's crossed the parapet, it's not yeah. like hand-to-hand combat. It's literally like she jumps forward, he's lunging after her, she makes a quick, swift move, does nothing like hand-to-hand, just gets her knife yeah. out and then... Right, puts okay, him so at maybe his, hand-to-hand's leg. not me. But that movement is so like quick and instinctual. Mm-hmm. You don't get that in six months. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, it was so she knew what to... Just go with it. Okay. okay? Don't be devil's advocate here. I just am going go, to be if just you don't go, give me answers here. Just go <laughs> with what I'm saying and join me in La La Land for a second. What do you think... Say it's true. Okay. What do you think... Like, she already knew the Rebels. She already was training. They were like, you're going to go to the Writer's Quadrant. You're going to need to be prepared. But we need to do it behind General Sword and Gail's back. We need her to send you in there thinking you're weak. And what was that face for? I think something just clicked. What? Am I right? Because we're we're already down the rabbit hole. Yeah. We're already there. Keep going. The very, the very last page of the book. Right. It's Zayden with Violet. Yeah. They had already had like their last third of the book, the last, their last kiss. Uh-huh. And Zayden asks her like, do you remember? Or like, what do you remember? And then, or something like mm-hmm. that. And then eventually she's like, 
I remember everything. <gasps> I have the book right here. I'm going to yeah. find it. And, 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 and when Zayden's like, I loved you for longer than you know. Some people, oh if we're being hinged, right, mm-hmm. that's... If we're that choosing can, peace. <laughs> if we're choosing peace. Dang it. Um, we're choosing peace. I think that the longer than you know could have been just he might have heard about her from Brennan. He might have seen her the second she was on the parapet. They were never truly enemies. He was just kind of protecting her with his distance. And he could mean that's what I mean by longer than you know. Or it could have been they had this whole before and it got wiped from her memory. But here's another thing. They have some type of connection that seems to be like more developed than what it should be. Because I've started noticing this in a, in a third reread that every time they're around each other, Violet notices he's there before she sees him by feeling this like tingling feeling. Mm-hmm. So they have this bond before they actually have a true bond with the dragons. And like how did that form? In the past, her mm-hmm. body has that memory or that knowledge. Her mind doesn't have that memory. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a re- an answer for you why they would need to wipe it. Right. Something. Yep. What are you looking for? Did you find what you're I'm looking, looking for? I'm looking for like there I feel like there was some some quote that where like Zayden after or before he, or after he like kissed Violet after she wakes up and he asks her something like, you know, what do you remember? Or do you remember? And, that we, and we kind of think that he's just going like, do you remember that I lied that to I lied you to about you and the everything. rebels? Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. OK, here we go. This is on page 493. So remember, this is Zayden's POV. So Zayden is right. the narrator, basically, right. at this point. Quote, Violet, question mark, I keep my shields up, trying to respect her privacy as I walk to her side. But gods, I need to know what she's thinking. Her eyes widen at her gaze, sweeps over the town, each structure with its identical green roofs, then pauses on the Temple of Amari, which was the most noted landmark besides our library. Where are we? And don't you dare lie to me, she says. Not again. Not again. You remember? I remember. Okay. So it could be just about, yes, I remember Lot, you the lying, lying to me. I remember you lying about the rebels. Like, don't try and pull one over on me. Mm-hmm. I don't like you right now. Or it could be, no, I remember all these memories that someone wiped from my mind. If we're being unhinged. <laughs> so... But then it goes later on, and because then she says, he, she asks, or she says, I remember. He said, thank gods. Sentence, sentence. Yeah. She says, where are we? She bites out every word, her eyes narrowing on me. Say it. The way you're looking at me says you already know. This looks like Arisha. There's only one temple with those particular columns. I've seen the drawings. So this this would then suggest that even before memory memory white memory white okay? violet <laughs> didn't know what arisha looked like right and only arisha's through drawings in correct arisha's right. in Tirandor. so maybe she does 
but she mm-hmm. but she was maybe she was part of the rebellion but got her memory wiped but she had never seen Arisha. Right, but she, she, she could have just always have stayed at Besgaeth. Right. She was never physically at the rebellion, meaning like at Tyrandor or Arisha. Mm-hmm. But she was like learning about it, something at Besgaeth, the older people in school, mm-hmm. right? Not the first years with her, but like Imogen, Zayden, they're older. So they've been around the school. She's been there. This goes incredibly well with the with all the other quotes, like from Zayden that I've loved you longer than you know, and yeah. from like Taryn, Taryn saying something of like something similar, but obviously not of love, but just mm-hmm. like I've known you for a long time or something like that. Taryn says he does. Yeah, he says something like that. Oh, okay. Hmm. Like I saw a TikTok video of it, and I feel like if I could find it, it would solve <laughs> all my problems. That's the worst when you get like a TikTok theory. Well, because then and I you have latch, so many. yeah, you latch into it. You're like, did I like it? Did I save it? Did I send it to someone? Was it on Instagram Reels? Which account did I like it under? My personal one, the, the podcast one. Um, yeah, if you find it, I'm looking for in it. like one second. I know exactly who. And what oh, you are, that's Violet Soringale. That's the quote. That is that Zayden. That's that's Taryn. Taryn, which goes into not necessarily this time, this mind wiping theory, but the Violet's a venom theory, because mm-hmm. that would be a what. That would be a what. A what you are, or if who, as in a person, mm-hmm. and what, as in are you a separatist or are you? Oh. Whatever. That would still be who? Not necessarily. You could be a. You could be thick. You could. I guess, but what implies non-human? This is true. You know. Yeah. So. Or maybe he was. I don't know if that is in context with like if he knows she's going to be a lightning wielder. Already knows that. Like Taryn already knows By that. By the time he says that quote. Okay, I didn't know. Pretty sure. I come in so confident, be like, yeah, it's this. And then you're like, is it? And I'm like, crap, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then I when I, during my during my first read, I was like, wow, like these things have happened and this person has this. And you're like, they do. Do you remember yeah. those? I'm like, yeah. are we reading the same book? <laughs> yeah, I had already read it. And then you were reading it the first time and you were trying to like clarify, like, wait, who is it that's in the classroom with them? And is that Professor Who? And I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, wait, do they go to this place? I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, you did you? don't know anything. Yeah, like, did you even read this book? I'm like, look, I got the main points, okay? The main plot points. Don't ask me Professor So-and-so's name. I'll If I write it down, I'll remember. But like, I, I got what happened, okay? I don't need to know more specifics. Or I still can't remember everyone's signet powers. I still got to Google that. Like, I just can't remember Imogen's, so. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're we're an equal opportunity fourth wing fan here, you know? Like, you don't have to know everything. Oh, no, no, no. That's what equal opportunity means. I got you. You were giving me a face. Okay. Wasn't sure what you meant there. Yeah. <laughs> anything else about my unhinged theory or otherwise? I think we're good with the, like, one unhinged theory yeah. per chapter. <laughs> we're going to have 39 Let's not go chapters. too wild. We're going to have 39 unhinged theories. We're probably, yes. are, we, I think we both had, like, five on our first oh my gosh. episode. Yeah. If y'all have already listened, this was a really good one from Abby because this was actually unhinged. But 
But like could, could be hinge. Could happen. Could check out. Could check out. And maybe if it does, kind of good, maybe kind of shit. <laughs> exactly. So if you let me know what you guys you not you, babe, you listeners. Um, think of my unhinged theory and what theories you're thinking about. Anything we missed. Um, anything else you want us to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll do it for episode three. And we'll see you in the next one for chapter Four. three. True. Three. Chapter three. Chapter three. Chapter three. Okay, bye. 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 Bye-bye. Please support the podcast by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. Leaving any type of written review really does help us. You can also subscribe on Spotify and please share with your friends. Because if you liked it, they probably will too. We are at Podcast Quadrant on Instagram. Thank you for supporting the Pod Quad.